we made it through uh, week five Survivor with no sweat. We took the Detroit Lions. And again, I, I like a boring Survivor. I mean, I, obviously, I like when, when a big favorite goes out and it's not us, and that's going to happen. I mean, that's how Survivor works every year. Um, just a quick update, Chris Liss, on, on our pool that we're in together. Small stakes entry, but there is close to $78,000 in it. 346 people were knocked out this week. There are 991 people still in it. Uh, there's a total of 3130 total entries that were in the pool. Um, yeah, and then so far the the, the teams that we have uh, burnt are Washington, Dallas, San Fran, KC, and Detroit. What's the plan for Week Six? I mean, the, at first glance, the Bills, because even though I hate going against the Giants, like the Giants are not the Giants. The Giants have no Andrew Thomas, no maybe no Danny Dimes. Maybe no Saquon Barkley. I mean, this is like a team that was probably going to be okay, played below their expectation, and now they've lost all their best players. Now, if all three of those guys play, could they beat the Bills who have a hangover coming back from London? Maybe. Um, But it's either them or Miami. I don't think there's any other choice. And I could go Miami. I'm fine with that. Um, And I do think the Giants are so desperate. They're a little bit of a cornered animal at this point, but... Man, it would be tough to take down the Bills on the road with the injuries they have. So, I, I I would like Bills or Dolphins. There's no other. There's no third option. Yeah, just to review. And again, these pool stats come from Real Man Sports, where all of Chris Liss's content can be seen. And uh, the percentage rostered for these teams, it starts to get like what you term as a little bit noisy right now. Uh, I'm just going to read it down. These are approximate uh, about in your if you're in a large field pool. Most likely, the Bills are a little bit over 32%. Dolphins, 25%. The next choice is the Rams at uh, almost 15%. Chiefs, 14%. If the Chiefs were available tonight against uh, Denver, if we had them, would you take them? No. I'd rather have one of the other two. I I think, you know, Denver, um, they have weapons. They are a division rival. The Chiefs have not been that good. Um, You know, the passing game, Kelsey's banged up. It's not that smooth, so... Chiefs will probably win, but I could much more easily see a Denver upset than the Giants winning in Buffalo or the Panthers winning in Miami. Uh, I want to talk about the Chiefs for a moment here. That's interesting. You talked about um, that they're a little banged up with Travis Kelsey. I um, I was talking with with Jeff Erickson, and he said, you know, I said I think that the Chiefs are probably really in the market for a wide receiver, and he said, well, they let Tyreek Hill go out, leave the building. They got some picks. They've never. They've won the championship. Why would they be? Do you think that Kelsey's little bit of a scare last week maybe woke them up a little bit that the trade deadline is Halloween in the NFL, that they should be looking at a wide receiver? I mean, I don't know if it subjectively woke them up, uh, but I did it, I think that it should. I mean, Kelsey's going to be 34 if he's not already. He's in already. October. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I didn't draft him this year because I was like, you don't get last year's numbers. You get 34-year-old tight end in the first round. Enjoy. Um, and it's funny. I was right about everything. My team suck. Um, <laughs> I was wrong about a couple of things, but, um, but like, you know, and they've got to be thinking the same thing too. And they should have paid Tyreek. I mean, the Tyreek thing isn't like, Oh good. They won a super bowl. They got lucky without, you know, they, they were right. Yeah. If you win a super bowl, that's great. But there's no doubt Tyreek Hill is a hall of famer, uh, in his prime right now in his late prime. And that that would really make them unstoppable and give them some Kelsey insurance. They don't have anybody. I mean, MBS sucks. Um, I started uh, Sky Moore over Kyle Pitts at the last minute for the dumbest reason possible, uh, and I'm, I'm still kicking myself for that. 
um, in the flex last week. And, and, you know, Sky Moore sucks. And, like, who's good? Is Rasheed Rice, Justin Watson? I mean, who's good? You know, um, Justin Ross? I don't know. I don't know which one of these guys is good. So Darius Tony doesn't seem to be, like, a, a high snap count type of guy. So I think they should try to get a receiver. I wish I had this stat pulled up, but I think that uh, Rishi Rice, the second-round rookie, either leads the team in targets, routes, but has played the least amount of snaps of all the other wide receivers, basically meaning that it's it's a good leap of faith here to say that he's going to be a little bit more involved. But right, but like that's their best option, right? A second-round rookie who has flashed but is not basically getting a high snap count at this point. Yeah, I didn't know that he flashed. I don't want to talk about his off-the-field contact. Ah, but... <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, very so, good. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I, if I were them, I would get somebody who's, like, legit. You know, I would go, um, and I'm trying to think who might be available. Hollywood Brown? Too small, too small. Uh, Cortland Sutton? And it's been too long since he was good. Jerry Judy? He's never done it yet. I mean, I, none of those guys are really great. The feeling's 33. There's no good... I don't. I can't really think. I, you know, you want someone who's like Tyreek Hill, but the Dolphins are in contention, so they never trade him. So, you know, you want somebody who's like, you know, twenty-eight or younger, um, who's been a good pro for a while. I'm trying well, to think who that could be. Deontay yeah. Johnson, but the Steelers are still marginally in contention. You know, you, you want yeah, someone who's hurt. a bit better. Well, yeah, he's coming back. That's problems. true. How about? It, I mean, it, the whole plan was that if the if the Tampa Bay Bucks were bad, Mike Evans was going to be that guy, even though he's thirty. But he's yeah. not bad. E- Evans would be good for, a good rental for the Chiefs because he's still good. Um, Godwin and him, yeah. But yeah, because the team is good, you know that's a problem. Um, the other one would be Hopkins. You know, like he's on Titans. The Titans are kind of borderline. Um, that Hopkins would be perfect. I actually. got it. I have it. Devontae Adams. That is perfect. Actually, it's a, it's a bit unfair. They would be really good if they had those guys. Um, but that would be perfect. Then the thing about Adams, he's such a good like possession receiver. He's not really a deep guy, but. You can throw the ball deep once in a while to MVS or one of those guys to stretch. You just need him to be, you know, the the Kelsey insurance and also the dual threat when there's Kelsey and him on the on the field. So they can win with Mahomes, even if Kelsey's hurt. But I think that that would be really tough. I, they could do it. I think he's good enough that they could just spread it around. But, you know, why when you have Mahomes at his peak, like why chance it? Why not just get another guy? Yeah, and the thing with they, a lot of teams don't like to trade in division. I don't know if that's necessary. If somebody offers you the best pick and they're in your division, you should, you know, send your player away. If the Raiders lose another game or so, uh, maybe that's the one right there. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's too bad for them in a way that they won that game. I mean, you know, these it's like, oh, winning that game makes you not trade Adams and maybe you get a first round pick. Um, you know, the Chiefs' first round pick is kind of like a second rounder, but it's still, you know, still valuable. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about uh, what we're going to do with Survivor. And then I have a ton of other uh, NFL issues to talk to you about here. Uh, I had put in as a placeholder the Dolphins, right? I, I had a feeling that you weren't, you changed your stance that you're not picking against I, the Giants. I don't, I don't want to go against the Giants. I've just given up on the Giants. So, like, you know, I wouldn't mind them getting the number one pick next year at this point because I don't, I don't think they can win and get in the playoffs now. And I think that. You know, once Danny Dimes hurt his neck in addition to like Barkley's like, it's supposed to be, oh, maybe I'll be out a week. You know, maybe I'll just miss that Thursday night game. This is just dragging on. And then Andrew Thomas, like he's a lineman. You think, oh, he can come back fast. He doesn't have to make sharp cuts. He's been out. So, you know, Andrew Thomas was like a top three left tackle on a bad offensive line. So 
you're talking about Dimes, Barkley, and Thomas. Those might be their. Those are definitely their three best offensive players. And then, you know, then you, you know they their defense is largely healthy, but it's it's you know it's still a, a young defense. So, yeah, I'm almost like I don't really care if they lose anymore. But yeah, I, you also want them to lose. I, well, I mean, after one or two more games, and you know, unfortunately, my teams have a lot, some Barkley, and you know, I don't know. It's just it's just been ugly, but. Yeah, I, I can't really see them beating the Bills. I could see them like showing up and like making it a better if but but I also hate like every week I've got Barkley and it's like a Sunday night or a Monday night game. I mean, fuck off. You know, it's like I'm already dealing with the injury and now I don't even know who to set my lineup. Like it's just that Sunday night stuff is just bullshit. It, it, it just I can't you know what I mean? Like when you're forced to make decisions based on the schedule that has nothing to do with like making a decision. It's all already bad enough to make bad lineup errors, and now you're like Saquon's questionable. It's Sunday morning. Do I just play him? Do I pick up Gary, whatever his name is, and uh, Eric, well. Eric or Eric Gray now is the guy who got cursed? Do I pick up Eric Gray just in case, and or do I start Deonta Foreman that I picked up last week? You know, I'm probably just going to start Foreman, uh, but it's just annoying. Anyway, yeah, I I probably go Miami, but Miami and the Bills are fifty fifty. All right, but we need to make a decision. Yeah, I mean, we'll make it before the game. I mean, I, I just think they're like, before the game start, but I just think they're like, you, you don't want to make this decision until you know if Andrew Thomas is playing, if Danny Dimes is playing. If Dimes is out and Andrew the, Thomas is out, then you got to do it. The Miami game, though, is, isn't it 1 o'clock? Yeah, but you're going to know more between now and 1 o'clock Sunday than we do now. I mean, we're, we're going to learn, like, it may be that Andrew Thomas is ruled out, Danny Dimes is ruled out, Danny Dimes is definitely playing, you know. All right, if you're in the chat and you're still in your survivor pool, which hopefully you are, just put in the chat who you are taking and who you think that we should take in our pool. Uh, we're going to crowdsource the answer and then take the opposite. My first instinct was the Bills, for what it's worth. But it was also assuming that the Giants are – some of those guys don't play. If they all play, I'd probably take Miami. That's that's kind of my right. stance. I have, and I can't make an answer until I get the information. And why would you decide on Thursday morning – you know, when you have till Sunday morning to make the decision. All right. So this is what I'm doing. I am putting Miami in as our placeholder and I'm going to pro I'm going to make force you to change it to the bills because I know that's the one that you had. So this way I know you're on it here. Okay. okay. All right. And then, um, you know, my, what's it called? I have a second entry in this pool. It's not mine. It's my wife. She, she basically, she took Miami. She was again, so, you know, she's not an expert on football, but you know, sometimes what you, what do you always say? The, uh, the novice, Oh, it's only sees the one path where uh, sorry, it sees many paths. The, yeah, Say, no, it's it's uh in uh in the beginner's mind there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind there are few. Right. And and it's about Zen mind, beginner's mind. It's Shunro Suzuki and it's a nineteen sixty eight, I think he wrote it in the, the book, maybe nineteen seventy one, something like that. Um he brought uh Zen Buddhism to the West, one of the key guys in that book. Um the Zen Mind Beginner's Mind. It's a good book. Recommend it. Yeah, no, I, I use that. I've heard you say that on the Chrysalis podcast before, and I, I apply that. And I, especially in the, my my refereeing world, I referee high school basketball, and all these veterans, they think they, you know, there's only one way to do it. And then, you know, sometimes our newer guys come in and they're like, why not this? And I listen to those guys because yeah. of exactly of that philosophy. Um, especially good in, in like the fantasy sports industry where there's all these like stat bros, you think they figured everything out. And they think, oh, no, no, you have to do this. And it doesn't mean they're wrong. It just means they're wrong for thinking they're so right. That's all. They're not necessarily wrong in a specific instance. Yeah. Did you have any Justin Jefferson in any of your uh, fantasy leagues? No. No. Yeah. Um, I know you play a lot of... Tra tragic that he would have an injury like that and 
harms so many teams. And also personally for him, it's horrible. But it stings a lot less if it's not on your team. I'll tell you that much. Right. I do have two uh, Devin O'Shane's. And now I'm so glad I took Zay Flowers in that keeper league, Alan. Okay, so there's a co- I have a couple um, snapbacks on you here. So just to give everyone context, uh, over the summer, you were in a rookie dynasty draft. You crowdsourced the answer, who should I take in your pick? Quentin Johnson, which is what the majority picked. You didn't. You knew that was not, you were not going to do it. So you were really taking, you were choosing between A-Chain, A-Chan, whatever we're calling him now, and Zay Flowers. I was pretty adamant about Flowers. You were... You know, for reasons that you, you, you listened, you took flowers. I, you listened I don't to follow college football at all. The only thing that gave me pause is Stopa responded and said, oh, I wouldn't take A-Shane. A- he, he, at his size, he'd outlier. have to be a real outlier. And I was drafting a column about outliers. And now this guy's got 13 yards of carry in his three games that he's played. And I was drafting a column about outliers and how the real signal is not – people think, oh, those extreme uh, – performances those are those are outliers those are noise we got to look at we got to regress to the mean right and i'm saying no no no. the outlier is the signal the average player is the noise and i thought okay this is a key word but i still was a total nutless monkey and took zay flowers per your suggestion but that is not the the nutless monkey pick would have been to take quentin johnston because well i wasn't gonna listen to the crowd i don't care i just i just throw it out there to get reactions i don't i don't listen to what they're saying Right, but he was also the ADP favorite. Like he was like a couple. He was the consensus pl- uh, pick in rookie drafts ahead of Zay Flowers by was like, he? Yeah, and, by three and, or four and, picks. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Um, uh, you know, they're all first rounders. You know, the the lesson I learned um, was Scott Barrett who said this, and it was a study maybe by this other guy. Uh, basically, that if you there were two players drafted around the same part in the NFL draft, which those two were, get the less athletic guy. Like, don't get the six four, two hundred thirty pound, four four beast. If he's in the second rounder, get the 4 4 5 10 180 guy because if they're both being drafted the same place, the the less athletic guy is the better football player, and that's more important. And so, you know, obviously, there's the Metcalfs and some guys and A.J. Browns that, you know, that are athletic and they're amazing. But, you know, and everyone thought those guys should have been first rounders. They fell. Like, it's not, right. you're talking about like consensus well, second I mean, round. He wasn't, you know, doing any shit or what because he was saying just in general, wherever they get taken. And you had like Jarvis Landry, who has no athleticism, um, had this like great career um, as a second round, no, as a first round pick. And then you had some guys who were like Kelvin Benjamin, who was an athlete, you know, he's six foot five, but, um, you know, he was okay. And you, you had a lot of exceptions to that. And, uh, and I think for the most part, it's true, like route running and just college production. It's like, you know how to play football. And so maybe you're, you know, Alban Rossi Brown's another one. He's not much of an athlete, but. He's a good football player, um, and they end up being better than you know the guy that they drafted. Yeah. Uh, so I want to go back to Justin Jefferson just for a second here. Uh, I'm in a bunch of leagues where you could trade and redraft. I have tried to trade him just because I don't want to wait for him. I mean, at first I started like, hey, one for one for CeeDee Lamb. Obviously, that was an auto-reject. Chris Olave, which coming off the bad game, auto-reject. I went down to DJ Moore. He's been hot, auto-reject. I mean— should I? Uh, I the re, I'm just nervous Jerry Judy. You, know, you can get Jerry Judy. I'm, I was thinking Nico Collins. Do you think that's a good trade for Jeff, Justin Jefferson? In I think trade? that's a, a doable trade. Will it end up being a good trade? It depends on only one thing. How long is Jefferson out? If Jefferson's out four games, that is a great trade for the guy who got Jefferson. If he's out eight games, that's a great trade for the guy who got Collins. You know, I mean, it's all a matter of when he comes back and in what capacity. Um, and, you know, you look at Cup, looks like he's completely 100%. Um, and... So that's, you know, well, that's- here's the problem. Here's the problem that with Jefferson is that he was looking for the big contract extension. He's going to get it. So 
if the Vikings, you know, don't win another game or one game between now and the next four weeks and he's not 100%, is he incentivized to sit another game or two and then... I can see a game or two, but I think if he's healthy um, and he's looking at Hall of Fame, you know, he's looking at Jerry Rice's numbers. I mean, it's a long shot to play till you're 40, but the point is that, like, you start your career like nobody's ever started it before. You're not just like, no, I'll throw away the season, have 500 yards on the season. You know, he wants to get 1,000 yards on the season. Mike Evans doing it every year. I would think, I don't know, I, I may be wrong about this, but I would think that someone like him, when he's healthy, wants to get back in. Even if Cousins is traded, he's going to want him back in. Although, did you hear that he said that he doesn't want to stick, uh, Jefferson, yeah. that he doesn't want to stick around unless Cousins is extended. So the other thing I want to talk about is with Kirk Cousins. Okay, there's a lot of Cousins could get traded. Let's remember, Chris, that Cousins has a no-trade clause. Why the hell is he going to agree to a trade to a team where he has to learn a new playbook, move his family, because he's an unrestricted free agent next year. If he has a an average rest of season or a bad one, he's not going to get the big contract next year that he's seeking. Whereas as he stays in a place where he's comfortable indoors and has a pretty good season, he's already had a good one, that's good for his market next year. He had have to agree to go somewhere to be traded. Yeah, I mean, you don't know the motivations of these guys, but like, you know, one, I'm imagining that Jefferson cares about his all-time stats. Maybe he doesn't, right? Um, but two cousins may want to win a Super Bowl, you know, and he may want to be like, you know, the Jets have a good defense. They've got Garrett Wilson at Brees Hall. I want to win a Super Bowl, you know, and I'm leaving anyway after this year. I'm rich already. I'll get a new contract no matter what. Um, I want to win, you know, and I'll pick up the playbook. It's my job. I like doing it, you know, so I don't know. Right. So other than the Jets, right? That's my point. Like he would need an injury to like Jalen Hurts to be motivated to go win a Super Bowl because who that's you know, one of the nine teams, eight teams, 10 teams that can win a Super Bowl, maybe, I mean, would he go to Tennessee if he was offered a trade of the air? I mean, why they're not, they, right. they're not really a contender. Well, that's my point. It's like, unless <laughs> yeah, there's but, a... But upgrading Tannehill to Cousins with that roster wouldn't, I don't think that's even a big deal. I mean, Cousins is better, but like Tannehill's okay. I, I think that you'd have to be like the Jets, like they got QB1, who's played a little better lately. Um, and they're like, okay, we need a pro here. Um, and we can win this. I, that's really the only fit I really see. I mean, who else is even... The Falcons? Be, that's a good one. They could win. You know, I mean, the Falcons, you know, you've got a great offensive line, which is a great, you know, you're in a dome. you got B. John Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Um, I don't know why they did for Van Jefferson. I mean, Van Jefferson sucks. I don't know. It's like so pointless. They already <laughs> can't feed all the mouths they have. And now they're bringing someone. Everyone's like, oh, they got Van Jefferson. Like, oh, so what? Yeah. I'd be like, you know, bring like Mohammed Sanu. Why not? <laughs> you know, he's great. So, in some of these deep dynasty leagues, I, I have Van Jefferson. I draft them in a rookie draft. You know, he's he, 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 he have such a deep roster. You can't really cut a guy like right. that. Like the next guy on the on the waiver wire is like he doesn't right. even play. I've got one like that. Yeah. But the minute he was uh, traded to the Falcons, I clipped him. Like right. I thought that was a downgrade for his value. Right like, to Probably. the point where it'd be yeah, I'd rather pick Probably. up like Brandon Powell, the guy yeah. who's going to be the next man up in Minnesota. Yeah, probably. I mean, it, it's. It's weird that they traded for him. You know, it's, uh, that was like one of the worst. It was like every time they throw him the ball, he just drops it. He's like wide open and he drops the ball. And now they've got, uh, Nakua and Cup. And now that 2 2 Outwell looks like he's like serviceable. Uh, yeah, there's, there was no room for him. All right. So give me some, uh, trade ideas for those in the Cause I'm not alone that I have Jefferson. We're not talking about dynasty here. I mean, look, if you're in a dynasty league, this is an op- a window to go I mean, get Jefferson. But in a redraft, what are some possible realistic trades? Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not, though, because people are still hoping for him. Uh, I'm two and three in a league. I, it's like win now or I'm in real trouble. 
And, you know, I'm starting Josh Palmer instead of Justin Jefferson this week. That's not acceptable. I need to find somebody. Right. Well, I mean, so, you know, but Palmer is a starter and he's on a good passing game. I mean, to upgrade from Palmer for someone you could definitely get for Jefferson, it's a very narrow window, right? You're talking about, um, I don't think they will trade you Hopkins after his good game last week. You're talking about someone of that level, right? I mean, is Judy an upgrade from Palmer? Do you know that? No, I, mean, I think it's a downgrade. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I mean, like, so what, you know, what are we looking for that's in between the Palmer window and the Hopkins window? Like, is there someone, because I would say you'd have to get at least Hopkins to make it worth, because you're still, okay, let's just assume Jefferson's out five games, right? You're still getting the rest of the year, right? You still got to win when you get to the playoffs if you ever make it. You can't just think that those games are worthless. I know you got to win now. Um, so Palmer to what? What amount of upgrade is worth foregoing what Jefferson's going to bring to the table when he comes back? It's got to be at least to Hopkins. It's got to be at least to that level, like a third, fourth rounder. It can't be to a fifth or sixth round. Yeah. I was thinking like Jacoby Myers, but that's not, I mean, how much of an upgrade is that from Palmer, it's the same. right? It's the same. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I guess I'm going to hold, I tried doing David Montgomery, but I mean, people, you know, he's. Dude, he's... People are so like, just don't want to trade. Like I offered this trade. Okay. This is in the dynasty league. I, I like Darren Waller before last week. Everyone's like belly aching. Oh, Darren Waller's killing me. I was like, if Dimes is healthy and they don't get sacked 11 times, Waller's going to be fine. And you saw it last week and there he was fine. But now Dimes got hurt, but whatever. Um, and I offered um, Logan Thomas, who went off, but it was on the Thursday night game. So I offered before the Thursday night game. It was just a throw in. I offered Kadarius Tony and Terry McLaurin for Waller and two scrubs. Who were okay. the scrubs? Just like literal scrubs? I think one of them might have been Rico Dowdle. Um, okay. And then, and then another guy was like literally just like a guy you would drop, right? Like, uh, I forget who it was, but it was Dowdle, a drop, and Waller, who had done nothing, and everyone was bitching about him, for Logan Thomas, but it was before he had his good game, um, Terry McLaurin and Kadarius Toney. And it was just rejected out of hand with no counter. And this guy's not competing this year, by the way. He's as bad as... Now I'm Now I'm not either, because I had a horrible week last week, and now I'm... But I was just like, I like Waller, I'm going to buy him low. And come on, like, if you're not competing, like, why wouldn't you just trade? I don't know, it just seemed like, you know... Yeah, no, that's um, you're you're only in one dynasty league. By the way, that's the best way to do it. I'm in. I told you, like forty plus. Yeah. Um, you you encounter this a lot where you make a trade based on like someone sometimes will put a player on the block in a dynasty league. You make an offer, and then which I you know maybe it's a little low, maybe it's right on point. They don't even counter it. They just say no. Like some guy put Patrick Mahomes and a superflex on there. I offered Anthony Richardson a first and a second. Right. I mean, okay, that maybe that doesn't get it done. But, you know, no counter? Come on, dude. You know, don't the put ball, him on the ball. It's in the ballpark before he got hurt. Um, what was but, after he got hurt? Oh, yeah, okay, well, that's probably why. But uh, Dynasty, dynasty. Though. I know, but, yeah, but, you know, you, you want some this year, I guess, unless he was totally tanking. I guess he was putting Mahomes on the uh, Yeah, he's yeah. selling Patrick so, Mahomes. So, but, like, think about it. It's like Waller, everybody was like, this guy sucks. This is a total wasted pick in the fifth round, okay? Like a totally terrible pick. So he's not worth the fifth round you paid for him. And I'm offering McLaurin, who was like a fifth rounder, but he's actually been decent and like surplus. And it's like not even interested. And it's just like nobody wants to trade. They're always like, okay, here's the best case scenario for my guy and the worst case scenario for your guys. Let me compare those two things. No, right. don't want to do it. Well, yeah, of course, the worst case scenario where my guys are terrible that I'm giving you and your guy is great. Um, yeah, that's a bad trade. But like, you can't look at it like that. You got to at least look at it like, okay, what's... Base case scenario. They're in, they're in a dynasty league, and again, I don't, I don't want to get too off track here with dynasty, but there's it, there's a very different uh, between market value and actual value. Like Keenan Allen's actual value, amazing, 
in the offseason, right now you could probably trade him, so it's a bad example, but in the offseason, you're not going to be able to move that guy for a second-round pick because he's 31 years old. Right. In the well, off-season. they don't know if he's going to show up and be done, right? Like, that's that's the fear is like, but you got to look at the market, right? If he's still going in the second or third round in the NFFC, you know, that's a good reasonable estimate of what he's going to do this year, you know, but the, the best, one of the best strategies in like keeper and dynasty, in my opinion, is to look at the gap in ADP between redraft and dynasty. And those are the buys. And again, right. Mike Evans is a perennial, right. you know, third round oh, he player. Was, he was cheap in uh, this year. Cheap, yeah. This year. But in the past, in the past two seasons, he was like, you know, wide receiver 28, 25 in dynasty and like wide receiver 12 in redraft. So you just outlined that. I would just give you an example to verify what you said there. Yeah. Um, all right. You talked about Devin Achan. Uh, you lost him in a couple leagues. Who do you think is, I mean, I, it's, you know, there's no answer here, but who are the players that you're picking up? Most are obviously an auto start. I see pe- people getting aggressive on Jeff Wilson. There's also Salvin Ahmed there and then a rookie named Chris Brooks. Yeah. So I picked up Wilson in a couple of leagues. I spent like 250, 300, 330 in one. I was great bids. I looked at, so last night, so, Two things. After last week, because I had a debacle last week where I was looking at fantasy pros. Which, why? They gave me an F on my baseball league that was in first place and passed in second place. They, those midwits don't know shit at fantasy pros. It's not anybody in particular. It's the average whatever. I'm never looking at it again. I vowed I don't care how uninformed I feel. I'm just going to go with my gut. I don't give a shit. Like if it's the low, it's totally off. Fuck that. That was a huge mistake. And so I'm just pissed. So then I like did my bids and I was like, oh, maybe I'll look on Twitter and see like what these guys are going for. Because remember, I was low on Jaleel McLaughlin last week. Didn't get him. That was, was like, my other dunk. I wanted to dunk on you about that because okay. I was okay. telling you to pick him up. You remember? Okay, well, right. You, but, yeah. but anyway, so I so I said, you know what? I'm not going to consult anything. I'm just going to put the bid that I think. And I got him in every league that he was available. And I got him by a little am- amount. I want to I want to look at this because um, I'm I'm proud of this. So. One league, I got uh, Wilson for 333. You know what the runner-up was? 328, okay? Mm-hmm. Second league, uh, I got Deonta Foreman for 333. Second bid was 238, so that's not too bad. The third one, I got uh, Salvin on med for 80 because uh, and, and uh, Wilson was available. He, second bid was 69. And the last uh, league, I got What a pervert Wilson. that guy is who's, who's uh, 69. <laughs> and, and the last league, I got uh, Wilson for 333. Second bid was 223. So I feel like I was going to take it with them and look it up. And I was like, screw that. These are the things I think are about right, as best as I can tell. You don't know. And those are good bids. And the rest of my life, I learned a bad lesson last week. I'm never looking at anything. I don't want to look at ADP barely anymore. I'm just going to do my own thing. I may look at ADP after I've done all my research for football and baseball. But like all this like consulting, what did the market think? Maybe I'm wrong. Just be wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Okay. And they're like, wow, that was dumb that I thought that and I'm wrong. And I'll just live with it. And I'll be like, you know what? You were wrong because you made this assumption that was untrue. And I'll just be like, yeah, I was wrong. I make mistakes. I'm a human being. I can live with that. You know what I can live with? Oh, I'm going to do what these fucking idiots say. These people who know nothing that are always fucking wrong. But you know what? Boom, maybe I'll just do what they say. And then it's wrong. And my initial instinct was right. That I cannot live with. And I lived with it one too many times last weekend. It may have destroyed my primetime team. Um, but that's it. I'm never doing that again. I'm ne- I'm just going to make my own mistakes for the rest of my life. I'm not listening to any of this shit. You know, it's funny if you are talking about fantasy football, but I guess that that exact philosophy is applicable in a lot of recent oh, history. Dude, yeah, that I actually did listen to myself and I didn't make the mistakes that a lot of people made. Thank God. The stakes you know, are higher. That's why. Stakes are higher. And, and sometimes I think like, you know, um, if I'm slipping in football or baseball or I'm not doing as well, 
I'm like, well, I've had my mind on big, you know, they were, they locked people in their homes for three years. I mean, for, you know, a year or months or whatever, they locked people in their homes for some duration, took away people's rights, you know, uh-uh. big things were happening in the world. And, and I, I started being like, this is actually really important. This isn't just like, oh, they're just doing it for your best interest. You know, this was like a, a line that was crossed. So my focus started going elsewhere. I started trying to be like, I need to get this absolutely right. Um, and so, you know, maybe sometimes my fantasy focus was a little off, but even in that, don't ever make this that yeah. mistake of outsourcing your your uh, decisions. You know, in a court of law, okay, where we're we're sentencing people to, you know, you could send someone to life in prison, the highest stakes venue that we have, sue people for billions of dollars, you know, millions of dollars. It goes to the jury, right? The jury are just average people; they're not experts, and they have experts who testify, but they're not rendering the verdict. The experts are just there to clarify technical matters to the layman. They are not there to render verdicts. Regular people using their best judgment when presented with facts are in charge of these verdicts. And you must be the juror in your own life. The person who's qualified to render a verdict. And that's it. You know, from now on, like no more of that. If you love uh, passionate topics like that, uh, you should definitely check out Chris List's podcast. It's the Chris List podcast on Spotify and Apple podcasts. I'm, it's a, I'm a regular listener and I'm sure most people listening on your podcast feed already do it, but uh, anyone new to the Rotowire Survivor video um, should definitely check it out. And also, uh, I got to give you a, a quick note here: is that as passionate as you are, you can't shake the table. You're getting the video uh, viewers. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, you know what it is? It's that I got this standing desk. That the standing desk, because um, see the chair is behind me. How much lower it is, right? Right. Okay. So I got the standing desk, and what it's done is it's really sent me to my couch on my laptop. You know, because like no one wants to stand up all day and work. So it's maybe even lazier. But because it's on the standing desk, it shakes a lot. So well, don't sorry. put your hands on it. You're putting your yeah. Hands well, on. I just it's just unconscious. You got to You got to You know, got to. I got. I got to. Yeah. Know, talk with my yeah. hands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny. My uh, my wife has a standing desk, and she does stand all day. She does. You know, she. Uh, I don't know how she does it. I had to buy her a um. You know, like a foam like cushion for her feet, because I, I saw her starting to uh, wilt. Uh, yeah. Towards the end. Well, of the your day. lower back starts getting a little tight. Um, yeah. But I should stand more. I mean, the the couch is a scourge. But I, but you end up like just not wanting to deal with it. Do you have one? Does your standing desk lower? Do you have like a button to lower it? It, it yeah, it does. But like, it doesn't get low enough to really. I mean, I sometimes sit in the chair and lower it to the maximum. Yeah, you're still like looking up at it. It's uh, not yeah. like you know, you know. All right. So do your best not to shake the desk, even though yeah. you know most people are gonna listen on the audio anyway. Yeah. So doesn't matter. Um, this is what I do all day at Rotowire. I tell people, move your camera back. Uh, do yeah. this. Get that lighting. Hey, we need we need someone like that, you know? <laughs> the other- Clean your room, you know? <laughs> exactly. I- I've started to become the a-hole a little bit. Yeah. Um, by the way, just quickly, I don't want to deviate off football here, but it's a yes or no. Are you going to do any fantasy basketball leagues? Yes. Yes, okay. one. So what I want to tell people is that Rotowire, we just launched a new fantasy basketball YouTube page. And I'm telling you, I know nothing about fantasy basketball. I used to be a like, pro. Right? Me too. I just was by, super into So it. good to do it. But yeah. just by editing the videos uh, of our guys, you know, Nick and Alex and Ken and all those guys, Shannon, um, Brandon, it, I just, I'm learning so much. I feel like I can win the NFBKC now. So I'm going to be in the NFBKC because Sasha's into basketball and we're going to do a team and cool. she's researching all the teams. And I'm going to let her drop. I said, you got to, she's going through 30 teams, seven players each. I wanted to write down and like tell me about them. Yeah. So it's 110 players. So she's yeah. doing it. I'm going to put a link in in this video or just go to the Rotowire YouTube page. I have it in under other channels. The Rotowire, it's 100% fantasy basketball. We just launched it last week. 
I mean, the thing is blowing up already. I mean, there is such a thirst for fantasy basketball, especially around this time when some of your fantasy football teams have just crapped the bed. You're like, all right, let me start fresh again. And so, anyway, that's a quick plug right there. Back to fantasy football right now. Okay, A-Chain. So, what do you think is going to happen with the Miami backfield? Like, what do you, again, you can never tell, but what's the most likely thing while he's out for the next month? Well, I picked the Wilson, you know, who's pretty good whenever he plays. He always gets hurt again, but he, we picked him up. Mostert's not affected. Uh, people are like, oh, Mostert's going to be great because A-Chain's out. No, Mostert's going to get his, like, 12 touches a game, regardless whether A-Chain's there or not. Like, he just can't handle a big workload. So, you're going to get somebody else in there. And I think it's going to be uh, Achman or or uh, or Jeff Wilson. I That guy, Brooks, I, I, I was like, who's this Michael Brooks guy they're picking up? Uh, and I Chris like, Brooks. Chris, Chris Brooks. Brooks, exactly. And so, three games ago, I was like, oh, he had a good game. Uh, like three games ago, he came in and had like 60 yards. But, you know, he was back on special teams after that. So I think they'll go to the vets, you know, who know how to pass protect. I mean, Tua's, Tua's brain is the most sensitive part of Miami right now. You know, that's the thing that could derail them the worst. And so I think they're, I think just even for that reason, they're going to want to have somebody who's played a bit in there, um, especially on passing downs. Well, maybe, you know, the unthinkable happens to Tua. Maybe that's the Kirk Cousins spot, right? Nice weather. It's Miami. You got Perfect weapons. Spot. Yeah. I actually picked up Mike White. Like so, I, in one of my uh, NFFC leagues, it was like the Thursday, Friday, and I picked up um, somebody that was worthless that it got hurt or something. And I was like thinking, never have a dead spot. Like always. So I picked up Mike White. I mean, this is terrible because I was like, you know, he's only valuable if Tua gets hurt. But I was like, Tua he get hurt, and then I would have the Dolphins quarterback, and I had quarterback problems in that league. So I was always like, put a buck on Mike White, put a buck on somebody, never have a dead guy on your, on your roster. Never have something, somebody that you're like, oh, this guy can't possibly have value. Um, or somebody, yeah. somebody, I mean, yes, but a better question to ask yourself with the same question is, will I ever start this guy even in a pinch? That's like, what I mean. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's the same thing. Yeah. And I was like, you know, my quarterback was Russell Wilson is my top QB. I had Matthew Stafford in to pick up Stroud. But at the time, I was like, give me Mike White on that Dolphins offense. He could be better than those guys, certainly with certain matchups. Yeah, I'm just reading a note right now. It says here, uh, it's from James Palmer. We were talking about trades and and uh, it, for the NFL Network. They're trading. There's going to be a lot of trades Friday morning on the Denver Broncos. Sutton and Judy, I can almost assure you one of them is gone, if not both. Um, who do you think is Marvin? I mean, Marvin Mims is rostered everywhere. If you're in a league that trades... Do you, it, what would you do to get Marvin Mims, if anything at all, at this point right now? Or are you taking a shot on one of the other guys? Because, again, I know what you're saying. Like, in the NFFC, there's no trading. Right. But a lot of people listening to this, they they can well, make— I, I, I hope, I hope they trade those guys because I got a 22-1 to 1, uh, rookie rookie receiving yards winner, Marvin Mims, uh, before the season. It's like my only good bet. So that one probably comes in if, if they trade Judy and Sutton. Um, who's the other guy? Brandon Johnson? That, Brandon yeah. Johnson. And they also cut a guy named Little Jordan Humphrey, who was— right. He was ahead of Mims sometimes in, you know, uh, on the depth chart. So he's cleared out at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, he's worth, but usually like, I guess if people aren't aware of that possibility uh, that Mims could be traded into Providence and, the, you know, they, they realize there's low snap count or whatever. Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean Deontay you, Foreman, if he's declared the Chicago starter. If someone needs a running back, that's a fair trade, though, because Mims is still on spec, right? I mean, uh, I, I have Foreman going two NFFC leagues this week, and I'm happy about it. If he starts, if those other two guys are out, and I think they are, um, Foreman's good. I mean, he's a good running back. Yeah. 
All right, I want to talk about JT, Jonathan Taylor. You had a little uh, viral clip. You had a clip go viral last week talking about Jonathan Taylor, and you you didn't say anything crazy, just that people are interested in him. He gets in there. It almost was like a preseason game for him. He gets the low snap count. Zach Moss goes bananas, goes off. I mean, you couldn't have got a better. That's the game that you were hoping you'd got when you drafted JT, right? So moving forward this week, it's going to be a slow ramp up. There's no confusion whether JT is going to be the main guy. I guess my question for you is once they regulate the touches, do you think Zach Moss is just a backup or is this now because of what he's done, like a, a backfield committee where Taylor is the lead back? I think it's going to be like Bijan and Algier, like where like Moss has a role, That's a but it'll be like 60-40, 65-35. The problem is I had Moss on my bench too. I was like, oh, I can't use him now. The Taylor's back. And that was just bad timing. But um, but I, I do think this week is going to be tough because it, what will probably happen is people will be hesitant to have Taylor on their bench and he'll do the Zach Moss thing. And you'll be like, oh, I had Taylor in there. He did nothing. I put him on my bench. He went crazy. But it's just you just don't know how quickly they're going to ease into that final rule. But I would expect it to be Algier Bijan. Would you start Zach Taylor? Zach Taylor. Uh, Zach Moss. Zach Taylor. I can't believe I said that. that's That's the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's the combination yeah. of their two names. Yes. Um, would you start Zach Moss this week? And again, I know everything's relative, but is he inside your top 24-ish running backs top of head? I know you don't rank. Yeah, probably not. Um, I, I think Taylor will get a bigger, he'll get a smaller role. And he's not as good as Taylor, you know, last week, notwithstanding. I, I probably, I mean, it would depend, you know, compared to whom, you know, he or De- Deonta Foreman, if Foreman were the clear starter. I mean, right. that's like him or Chuba Hubbard, if he's the declared starter, because now Miles Sanders is back. Chuba up. Hubbard's not very good. I have no, it's so funny. I have that guy in the league. Um, so Hubbard I, or, and I know these are impossible decisions. Yeah, but. I don't know. Flip a coin. I mean, I, I just got everything wrong last week. You're asking me to, I don't want that problem. You know, it's like people are like, oh, who do I start? This guy or that guy? Let me, you know, you, you tell me. I'm like, dude, it's a coin flip, but I got my own problems. And now I'm going to be wrong. And I told you, you told me this. I don't give a shit. I just, I'm, I don't want to deal with this. Like you want to deal with it, Alan? You, you say. All right. You watch a ton of football and you put out on um, Real Man Sports every week, your Monday observations or every, after every game you do. Your, uh, your observations for the weekend. When you're observing the Cleveland Browns, right, big game this week, and you see Deshaun Watson play, now he's injured, do you think we're ever going to get back to Deshaun Watson being this top five, top six QB, or is the sample now big enough where, you know, the Browns probably are filled with regret? regret. What's the Deshaun Watson take moving forward? You got to kind of massage the sample a bit because he came back, he was playing banged up. The point is that, I don't know. I, I saw some things in the Pittsburgh game that they lost where he looked good to me. He was Pittsburgh has a good defense, and he was just making good decisions, getting out of problems, chucking the ball down the field. It didn't always work, but um, I actually still think he's good. I think he's more or less the guy. I think that you know he's not playing in the Dome. He's playing outdoors now. I mean, it's kind of Houston's probably a better place to play as a quarterback. You look at Cleveland, like they haven't had a lot of good quarterbacks in their history, and I think they're, you know, Chicago's the worst place to play as a quarterback historically it's not just weather I just think there's some places that are harder and Cleveland's one of them but I do think um it's likely that we that if he's healthy because he has like a shoulder thing or something now right yeah. but and he hasn't it, practiced I don't think I'm looking right. at so, the note here that, you know so health is the wild card that you can never really you know because if he's if he's compromised then it, nothing I say matters but if he's healthy my inclination was that he would be himself um it's funny because they, you know, they they started the rookie DTR last week. He 
failed miserably after having a good preseason. Now they have P.J. Walker presumably starting, who has been like what an XFL or an AFL cast-off. They had Josh Dobbs on their roster and right. traded him away. I bet you they're regretting that right now. You know, QB is the hardest position to evaluate, I think, of, of any. I mean, they can't evaluate anything. I mean, you know, they the Giants had Victor Cruz in camp, lit it up, and they cut him. And the next year he had 1,500 yards. And they, they didn't know. He was in their camp, lighted it up in the preseason. They didn't know. Um, and, you know, they just, they started uh, Tom Savage over Watson, you know, as a rookie. And after fir- the first half, they, they replaced him. But QBs and especially backup QBs that you're not even getting a full chance, I mean – they just don't know. And, and Dobbs looks like he's at least credible. So it's not a, not a surprise. Yeah, of course they would want to have him as the backup now. Yeah, Dobbs, to me, at least earned uh, like an $8, 9000000 million contract for next year. He'll be the bridge to a rookie. He'll be, uh, he'll be the new Jacoby Brissett. Well, some of those guys end up actually being starters in their own right. Rich Gannon was like that and became an MVP. Um, you, you never know really like how good the guy is. And then you have all these... You know, I mean, I always think Tyrod Taylor's good. You know, he was always the backup. He was a starter over Herbert until they knifed him. But uh, I have to get that he wants to show. But, I mean, you know, I always thought Tyrod Taylor was good. And when he comes in for the Giants, I'm like, you know, he can play. You know, he's not like a, a stiff. So, um, some of these QBs, Geno Smith was the backup, you know, for a while. And then he got a chance. And now he got a contract. So, you know, you never really know with these guys unless they're Unless it's like Colt McCoy, who's like a proven scrub over like 10 years. You know what the signal was uh, that Josh Dobbs was good? It was that Tennessee took him cold off the couch in a playoff game and he and he didn't fail completely, right? right? Yeah. Like that's the highest pressure of highest pressure. And he stood up to that a little bit. Um, on my list here, I have the Patriots and their quarterback situation with Mac Jones. Uh, you know, the, it's easy to say Patriots are the worst team ever. Mac Jones sucks. Like what are you observing when you when you see the Patriots and Mac Jones? Um, I think Mac Jones is like, he's like, he's like Cole McCoy kind of like, he's just like a guy without like any special talents. Like he, you know, his arm is okay. He's not especially mobile. He's not like super stiff yet. Cause he's young, but like, he's just like, what does he bring into the table? That's plus like, what is he doing? That It's like, you look at these guys, they have no athleticism. Like even when Danny Dimes plays bads, you're like, Oh, this guy is fast. Like he can take off and move. Right. Like, what is Colt McCoy bringing to the table at all? And then you look at the weapons that he has. Tyquan Thornton's out for the year. Who's fast? Devontae Parker at age 30-something? I mean, who's fast on the team? Nobody. Ramondre's good, but he's slow. You know, you have uh, Zeke, age 38, you know, whatever he is. You've got um, Hunter Henry, who's like a possession tight end. I mean, there's nobody who can make a play on that whole team. You know, like their big acquisition was Juju. I mean, come on. Like, Belichick, you know, I, I don't want to... Um, you know, disrespect what he's done. But that guy traded a second round pick for Sanu for yeah, like Shroff Sanu. I mean, I get he's playing 11 dimensional chess, but this is the dimension beyond that I can understand. You know, this is like, you know, what, what are you doing? Like, it's so genius that it's retarded. You know, it's like, what is he, why is he acquiring Sanu for a second round pick? And then these teams are terrible. And then he's like trying to put, I know, I know they had some injuries to Matthew Judon. That was big. And, uh, Christian Gonzalez, Alex. but like, but like, come on, like, how is this offense supposed to function? Yeah. All right. So last week, here's my, you know, I love to come back and and victory lap on you where I can. And you and I debated about Jaleel McLaughlin, and I said that he, it's not about like what's likely. I'm using your own philosophy right on you. I said, what right. happens if, right? What happens if you got you got your 17 points? We're in the same situation this week 
with uh, an undrafted rookie named Amari DiMaccato. Um, where did he? What kind of bids did he go for? What percentage of Fab in your leagues? And do you have confidence in him? I mean, he looked pretty good. He was siphoning work from James Conner before the injury. Now he looks like he's the lead back in Arizona. Yeah. What about uh, Keontae Ingram, though? What happened to him? Well, when the st- when uh, when James Conner went out, it was DiMercato that was got, the lead got back. Got more work. Got more work. Well, and and he's Ingram been there for a couple. I mean, Ingram was like a sixth-round, seventh-round pick. It's not like he was like some second or third round running back that they have to force in. He's just another guy that just because he was there two years, right? Doesn't mean that he's yeah. better, right? So Ingram went for two twenty two in one of my leagues. That's a I don't like. I that. don't I don't see Demarcado at all. There's no way he was owned. It's possible because uh, I picked him up in my leagues the week before when he started pulling passing down. Oh, okay, from, okay. So Ingram so. went for two thirty eight and another. Wow, he he really went for a lot. And Ingram, nobody had either of those guys um, in that other league. So. I don't know. Um, I didn't really look into him that much. He wasn't really on my radar. I probably should have because the because Arizona isn't really the, you know, the garbage dump that we thought it would be. Like they moved the ball and Connor looked great actually. He, he had holes to run through. So, um, yeah, I didn't really have a big opinion on him. The Jaleel McLaughlin thing was funny because I was going to take the W on Friday when Javante Williams had a full practice, and I was like, <laughs> "You see, you idiot. He, he's going to play. He's in a full practice, and then he didn't play." And so. And McLaughlin only had 12 touches, but he made him he made him count. So, you know well, that's what he is, though. That's what he is. He's a guy that can make he's like Mostert. He's Mostert A chain. He's one of those guys. Um, you know, and Peyton will use him because Peyton likes those kind of, you know, guys that can give you a quick burst. Uh, we'll see, but it it certainly looks good after a week. And with Julio McLaughlin, it's again, it's not like someone like Di Mercado who was just kind of forced in to line up behind the world. He had been all the beat writers had said that he had been with the first team all season long. Yeah, and his one Achilles heel, uh, McLaughlin, is that he's like an F grade pass blocker, right? Which matters. Which yeah, matters. And there's P Ryan who they brought in who's like quasi competent, and there's Javante Williams who, if he's healthy, you know, was considered like a, a guy who could be a future star. So you have three three players there. You know, we get a lot of people watching this video on Friday and Saturday before their survivor pick. But so I don't want to go too much Thursday night football here. But right now, if Javante Williams and McLaughlin are both playing, we've had a couple questions in our chat with just lightning round. Which one of those guys would you feel more comfortable starting? Probably McLaughlin because I think he'll get those like he'll get like nine, you know, sort of like gadget gadget touches. Um, whereas Williams could be eased in and get first of all he could be scratched, but if he plays, um, he'll get eased in for like. He get he's in for like ten touches total or eight touches, um, and P Ryan's there. I don't know. I, I again, it's one of those decisions that I don't have to make. You know, it's like this is the thing. Like you, you know, if you work for RotoWire, you got to answer all the questions because like RotoWire like is a comprehensive site. Like if you it answers everything right that anyone might want to know. But like me, I don't care. Like I'm like I don't know. You don't know. It's a guess. Don't put it on me. You know, don't give me that karma that I have to like answer that you know it's your cross to bear but i do think like anyone who has a 50 50 call the only thing an expert can help you with and i really want you to understand this is to tell you that it's not a 50 50 call to say this is like an 80 20 you just didn't realize that it's an 80 20 this guy's not going to barely play okay but barring that once it's in the 40 to 60 range don't listen to anybody because i mean how the hell once it's between 40 and 60 um no one knows and then you're basically just offloading responsibility to somebody else, but you're also um, setting yourself up for failing with somebody else's bad advice rather than making your own mistakes. 
because I'm incentivized to give someone an answer, like I answer all the questions and start sits on you have to right on the YouTube channel. But this is I actually use your philosophy here a little bit. I say this is a you know, this is a close call. This is a coin flip. But if it was my team, I would pick this player. Right. I sometimes do that. Like I would do this, but it's 50 50. That's fair. I think it's a good way to do it. But sometimes like, but, you know, the guy's not hearing the 50 50. He's just like, good. You told me to do this. And then you're like. I don't want, I don't even want this burden. Why do I have to think about this? Right. It's like, um, it's like if somebody hands you like some hard Sudoku puzzle when you're in the middle of doing something else, you're like, I actually like doing Sudokus, but I'm like, why would, I don't want to do this. This is your puzzle. You know, Sasha comes in and says, what's this math problem? I said, well, what do you think it is? She's like, just tell me. I'm like, no, it's your homework. Why, why am I doing your homework? Like if I just tell you the answer, what's the point of you even having it? And she gets pissed, but I, then I walk out, you know? <laughs> I mean, uh, that, you, so you get start sick questions from your own daughter with her homework, basically. Basically. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why? Everything is, I know the answer because it's math, right? So I know the answer. But it's like, if I just tell you the answer, then like, I'm like, well, think about it. Da, da, da. And she knows she's lazy, you know? Yep. She's not lazy in general, but she's lazy about that. Yeah. Well, we there's no such thing as lazy. There's just things we're not interested in. Yeah. Yeah. Like walking the dog that she begged for and that we got and that she doesn't do. And I say, yes, Sasha. You walk the dog once a week and you walk him for five minutes. He, she's so bad at walking the dog. It's so passive aggressive that he'll definitely pee in the kitchen after she walks him because she doesn't walk him long enough to get the job done. You know, and it's like there's almost no point in even getting her to do it, which is like World War Three, um, because even if she does it, it's worse than if she hadn't done it, because at least if she hadn't done it, I would do it properly and he wouldn't pee in the kitchen. If only there had been a situation in the history of time where a kid asked their parent for a dog and said they would do anything and then didn't do anything. I mean, like, if that ever happened before, you would have at least had uh, something. You don't think because he's an only child. We just felt like we had to give her a brother. You know what I mean? Like, And, <laughs> and so we gave her a, a brother of a different species. Um, and he's a great dog, and it's worth it. But, I mean, come you, on, just help out a little bit. Jeez. You fell for Parent Trap 101, though, right? I mean, like, you know. He knew. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, when, when growing up, uh, when we all said we would get the dog – my dad said there's zero chance. Like, he was like, no. Like, and that way, you know, terrible father for doing that. But yeah. meanwhile, he was right. Yeah. yeah. No, none, none of the kids ever do shit, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah. But she's, um, she's, you know, she's she's not lazy on the fantasy basketball. I, I just, you want to go in together? You want to do, the, I just need someone to do the moves for me. Like, I just can't deal. You want to trust her to do the moves for you? No, fan? Well, no, she's not going to do it. I need uh, you or somebody else to partner with to do it, uh, you know. Basketball is like baseball. It's like it's not quite as bad, but it's like too much to keep up with all season. Let me put out an all call. So if Chris Liss is going to do a high stakes fantasy basketball draft, right? A three hundred fifty dollars entry. I don't know. I don't want doing. randoms though doing it, Alan. I don't want randoms because no, if you can send your resume to uh, Chris Liss and do all the moves from him, he will tell you what percentage of the the hundred fifty k or whatever their overall when, when we win it. But you know, you realize like an eleven year old girl who's never done before is going to be doing the draft. So. You know, it's like when I did it for baseball, and I actually, you know, Dustin Wagner, we split the 3,500 that we won, um, and, and we were like one run out of like getting cast in another one. Now, I, we did pretty well. All my leagues were pretty good except one. Um, they had to take it on faith that like I did, I made a competent enough draft that like it was salvageable, and it was. Um, but in basketball, I, I feel a lot less. Uh, I haven't done a, a real basketball league in about six years, so yeah. Um, all right. Well, good luck. Um, I want to talk spread real quick before we uh, exit this video. Uh, every week I ask you, what are your highest confident leans? And, you know, what I always check is I look at your Guessing the Lines article on Real Man Sports. I recommend that everybody go over there and check that out. And Chris List, basically, he he puts down what he believes the line should be on all these games. 
uh, what he guesses the actual line should be, and then what the real line is. And you could see it's very interesting. If you just look at the column, which the difference is between those two numbers, you could see where there's value. So, you know, not going into the specifics except for a couple of games here, what are the ones where, and again, this is not gambling advice, this is just what you like. What is one or two of your highest confidence numbers against the spread? Because this is a tough week. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It doesn't come to me to like Friday night usually. I just keep looking at it and then I just pick some. Um, I If I had to say, I think, well, I mean, I don't know if Watson's playing. So if Watson's playing, that line's got to move. But I, I would, I would, I like the Browns in that spot against the Niners. But the Niners, everyone's like, this is one of the best teams of all time. The start is so great. I like to, you know. Browns at home getting five right now. Yeah, getting five. But if, if Watson plays, I think that's a no-brainer. I don't know if that's assuming he's playing or if it's, Got uncertainty built in. It's in the middle. It's in the middle. I think it goes to four and a half or three and a half if Watson Any, Anything, yeah, anything uh, above three, I kind of like the Browns. And then uh, I kind of like Cincy at home against Seattle. Um, Cincy's been very erratic so far, but it, I got the feeling, and maybe this is wrong, that they showed up. It's like week one was last week for them. Like they got in sync finally. Burroughs calf is okay. So I kind of like Cincy, but I, I got to look at it all again. Um, I kind of like Denver on Thursday night a little bit, um, but again, I got to look at I got to look at that again too. I'm, I'm I really have to like I just get it Friday night. I just stare at it for a while, and they come to me. The thing about for me picking games against the spread, it's not like oh the net yards adjusted per play difference is this to me. That's all just crap. It's all priced in. Maybe you'll get a tiny edge being like this team's overvalued for their turnover success, and a lot of that's luck. That's not how I handicap. What I do is I try to just see like which team feels like it's a bit oversold or overbought, which team's kind of ripe to like take another step, which team is kind of coasting on past perceptions. You know, it's sort of just a, I've done this for a long time. I look at the teams and I get a, a feel for it. And sometimes you sort of get in the zone and people say, oh, this is just luck. But you know, the hot hand in basketball where the rim looks big and you're just draining shots. And then sometimes you get cold where you're like, oh, I'm just going to pass and play defense for a bit because, you know, unless I get a layup, I'm cold. That's just kind of how it goes for me with handicapping. All right. Here's the promotional part of uh, the podcast right now. Rotowires are letting anyone get behind our paywall over at rotowire.com for free. Two days. Just go to rotowire.com forward slash try. Put in your email and the paywall locks. You can see everything, including our fantasy basketball, our rest of season rankings for football, all our premium stuff over there. Uh, Chris List, tell everyone how they can get in, uh, see all your sports content, content and all of your uh, social social issues content that you do about politics and all that. Yeah, uh, it's realmansports.com. That's it. And then across the top, there's a menu, and you can click on all the non-sports stuff or sports stuff or this podcast. This will be released in podcast, podcast form. Again, it's realmansports.com. Yep. Uh, I've been getting good feedback. People are really enjoying you. Uh, there's a lot of new people discovering you, and I, I think this is crazy because you're one of the founding members of uh, one of the original partners of, of Rotowire, not original, but you know, secondary. The, you're one of the, the key members that built the company. Uh, obviously, you, um, you left the company a couple of years ago to start your own project, Real Man Sports, but it's just so funny. I always... That that some people think I'm more ingratiated into the Rotowire brand as a new guy for two and a half, three years well, than you are. No, I mean... <laughs> It's a new world, you know? It's like these, you know, there's, there's people who were, were like, when, when I started in 2000, well, 2000, 1999, I was B-writing for them. You know, there's people reading the site, watching this that weren't born at that point. So 
I would beating the book, which still runs every week. When I started, that was 1999 when that column started. So yeah, you know, they, they, uh, they weren't even alive for my tenure. You know, I'm like, you know, people don't realize I was a caller to your show and that's how, you know, we, I said do a bit for you, like a comedy bit at the end of the year, which was kind of like the best moments of your show. And that's how this whole relationship started. Well, you were just a listener and you would like call in or, or email once in a while. And then after a couple of years of that, or maybe on Twitter, you were like, hey, I've got this crazy idea. Can I do a best of? Right. And we're like, yeah, what the hell? Like we were basically wasting time anyway, you know, most of the time, you know, talking shit. And then you did it and you did a good job. And so we're like, okay, let's make this a thing. A reoccurring bit. And yeah. then you did video work, you know, and they were like, oh, we don't want to bring in Alyssa's guy, you know. That's think, crazy, by the way, that that I was mean, the. I mean, it wasn't like. They obviously did, but they were like, you know, I don't know. They were just like, just because I said so, you know. So, so then I was like, I just told you. I said, just you write the email, and then I'll just pass it along. And I did. And yeah. DJ looked at him, was like, this guy's pretty good. And then that was it. You know? Yeah. Yep. Now, now they're letting me uh, pick some talent for some additional videos. So, yeah. No, I, I, I'm just always grateful to you, and I, and I always appreciate you coming on here every week. I know it also is valuable to your podcast feed and all that it's kind great. of stuff. But it's great for me. Yep. But uh, people are enjoying it. So if you do enjoy videos like this, uh, consider hitting the like button, hitting the subscribe button, and eventually we'll have uh, a, re- a real man sports uh, YouTube channel. I don't, uh, you know, eventually, right? I mean, that's coming. Uh maybe, maybe a Rumble channel. You know, okay, fair uh, enough. But we'll see. Fair enough. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Good luck in your survivor. Put in the comment who you're picking. Uh, right now, we already agreed upon that we are having Miami Dol- play- Dolphins for now placeholder. But we may change last minute to the Bills. We'll see everybody. If if Key Giants aren't playing. If Key Giants aren't playing. Good point right there. Good luck. And we'll see everybody next week at 9.30 a.m. on Thursday Live or any time on the replay with the uh, collaborative effort with Rotowire and Real Man Sports.